Hi, and welcome to the Lifestyle Herbalist Podcast, where we hope you will get a healthy dose of happiness. I'm your host, Dabney Vaccaro, clinical herbalist and health coach. And I'm Sabrina Cooper, registered culinary holistic nutritionist and herbalist. Join us as we dive into the art of herbalism, mindfulness, and healthy lifestyle practices to help you achieve a happier and healthier life. Whether you're a seasoned herbalist or just starting your wellness journey, we're here to provide you with insights, tips, and inspiration for a more balanced and joyful existence. So grab your favorite herbal tea, sit back, and get a healthy dose of happiness together. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode number two, Nourish and Flourish. Today, we are going to explore the causes, symptoms, and effective strategies for managing SAD seasonal affective disorder, which is a condition that affects many individuals during certain seasons. And our hope is to uncover empowering strategies to cultivate inner warmth and joy so that we can embrace the beauty of each season with a brighter outlook. Right, Dabney? Yeah, seasonal affective disorder actually affects 10 million people each year. Um, And it's considered a separate disorder, but it is a type of depression that's characterized by a recurrent seasonal pattern. And what I was... um, What I learned is that it's not just for the winter months, but some people actually have problems during the summer too. Signs and symptoms um, could be associated with some major depression, but specific symptoms that are for the winter pattern is just um, more just oversleeping, um, overeating, particularly craving carbohydrates. Uh, Sometimes there's some weight gain and just feeling like a social withdrawal. You just have this feeling that you just want to hibernate. And those are the more the winter um, seasonal affective disorder symptoms. And then I was surprised to learn that people actually have summer pattern um, sad symptoms. And this includes trouble sleeping, like insomnia. They might have poor appetite, which leads to weight loss, which is the opposite of the winter ones. There's restlessness, there's agitation sometimes anxiety, and then sometimes there's episodes of violent behavior. Damn it's such vital, important information. This is really an important topic because I know a lot of us live um, in areas where the days get shorter, it gets gray and gloomy and cold. And, and even in the summertime, I think those rainy days that we get on and on and the gray days with lack of sunlight, um, I think that's what kind of triggers that sad effect of, few, of those feelings. So today we're going to shed a little bit of light on how nutrition and herbal remedies can alleviate symptoms of SAD and bring back that much needed vitality and a healthy dose of happiness to get you through these bleak days and how to navigate. Yeah, Sabrina, that's great. Um, Who doesn't want to feel happy and um, get through these bleak days? So let's start with nutrition. One key nutrient that plays a crucial role in combating um, this disorder is vitamin D. Most people don't think about vitamin D and supplementing it, even in the summertime. Um, Since sunlight exposure is limited during these seasons, it becomes even more important to ensure that we have these uh, vitamins intake through our foods, like fatty fish, fortified dairy products, and even supplements as necessary. And I actually um, learned that mushrooms, believe it or not, even though they live in the dark, is actually, um, actually has vitamin D. In mushrooms and I absolutely love mushrooms for many reasons but as an herbalist um, they're really great um, in supporting our whole body. Did you know that if you put mushrooms out in the sun on their underside they will absorb even more vitamin D? No I had no so idea. There you go. Yep. Wow. You can get more vitamin D from putting them out in the sun. 
So how did you leave them out there? Um, like about an hour, maybe just enough to get some um, of the energy from the sun. I would love to learn how to grow um, mushrooms. Mm. I've seen them grow and I've been to farms who grow mushrooms. It's really quite um, fascinating. Yeah, it's fascinating. They have them in these storage rooms with these big blocks and just, yeah, it's really interesting how they grow mushrooms, but yeah. Before you pick any of those, I know, do, just make sure you know what mushrooms you're eating because not all of them are safe in the forest or anywhere near, and they have to be, you know, just so make sure you know what you're doing before yeah. you go and pick mushrooms and put them out in the sun and ingest them. That's all I'm saying, you yeah. know, for now. Right. I, I heard somebody say once that you, every mushroom is, is edible once. <laughs> Right. You right. might not be able, to, you might not be alive to eat it twice, but yes, be sure you're eating the right mushrooms. Exactly. Yeah. So I know that I take a supplement even in the summertime with vitamin D because I know when I don't take vitamin D, um, I start to feel uh, more sluggish and I start to even notice like my, my joints and bones actually hurt. So, you know, because we spend more time indoors, even in the summertime, we spend more time indoors. We're wearing sunscreen or clothes that cover up our skin so we don't get sunburned. We don't actually get as much vitamin D um, as we used to. So taking a supplement can be very helpful, especially um, if you spend more time indoors. Great point on the sunscreen because a lot of us don't think that. I mean, we do have to protect our skin, but it also uh, prevents us from getting that vital vitamin D um, into us. So um yeah, and then on those days where it's gloomy, I know, uh, Dabney, you mentioned earlier about, you know, refined carbohydrates and eating all that food and it might, you know, so usually when the days are darker or, you know, you're feeling down, you'll reach for the high sugar, refined carbohydrates, uh, maybe processed foods, and those can temporarily alleviate your mood, but it uh, can have effect, um, but that effect is short term. And long-term, it will affect your sugar imbalances, mood swings, and cause some irritability. So I don't know about you, but those are three things that I do not need in my world. And um, so what are the things that you can add to your lifestyle to avoid like, reaching for those unwanted foods, you ask? Well, try adding in fruits, fresh vegetables, fruits, and whole grains. Easier said than done on those cold days, I know, but you can also, there's are so many ways to figure this out and, and incorporate them. Um, and these will provide vitamins and minerals, which will help maintain your balance so you won't feel those crashes and lift your energy levels and mood. Um, I think this is a great time to of the year to really incorporate those whole grains and vegetables really into just a great soup because it just helps to warm our whole body um, and that's why in the summertime, when we're having more salads, it helps to cool the body. But in the, in the wintertime, we need more warming foods. And so those nice, rich cooked vegetables and bone broths and different things can really just um, provide warmth to our body along with the nutritional piece. Yeah. And I was just going to say, like, you could do like in, for fruit, sometimes that cold fruit isn't quite enticing, but you could maybe make like a berry compote or, you know, um, something like that, like a, get those um, nutrients into you um, for the fruits and in that way, um, incorporating rich foods in omega-3 fatty acids into your diet have shown potential in benefiting um, depression, like combating it and improving your mood due to their anti-inflammatory properties. So think walnuts, like seeds, chia seeds, salmon, um, fatty fish are all really great sources. Um, Dabney, as you know, levels of serotonin have been associated with the development of SAD symptoms. And you mentioned that above the lack of sunlight during winter months disrupts the 
body's eternal internal clock. So this can hamper the serotonin production. Um, Fortunately, certain foods can incorporate be incorporated into one's diet to help boost the serotonin naturally. And um, these are foods containing tryptophan, an amino acid, which helps the body produce serotonin. So you just got to be careful not to incorporate too, too much, but you want foods that are natural, like turkey, chicken breast, eggs, cheese, particularly cottage cheese, nuts and seeds, such as pumpkin seeds and sunflower seeds, tofu, 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 and um, are all rich um, sources of tryptophan. Do you have anything to say, like Dabney, on that? Um, yeah, um, I don't. I don't think about too much about the um, tryptophan, but uh, I do know that is very essential and it's great. And we do certainly need our, our serotonin. Um, a lot of people really struggle with sleep, um, and serotonin plays a big part in getting our sleep um, and get a re- get a good night's sleep. And so, one of the future podcasts we'll talk about that in more detail. Um, also want to include the complex carbohydrates like whole grains. So buckwheat, farro, millet can also be beneficial because um, they re- they promote the release of insulin, which helps transport amino acids into the cells more effectively. Um, and this allows tryptophan to enter the brain where it can be converted into the serotonin. Um, another we- great point is not, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was just going to say when you mentioned the millet, you know, most people think about millet as birdseed. <laughs> And bird food. It, yeah. it actually is like a very, that. it's a very nice green and I've used it in soups and it's, yeah, it's, it's really delicious. So don't discount millet for sure. <laughs> and, and a great way to get these grains in that I love them on cold mornings is making a nice like porridge or like, you know, um, I would uh, have porridge, um, but you can add in the buckwheat, the millet, the quinoa, some oats, let it boil together, add your berries in there. And it's so warming and so delicious. Keeps you full for a long time. Add a little coconut oil in there or some ghee for that fat component. You got your, um, if you add the quinoa, you'll have your protein in there. You can add some nuts and it's just a great bowl to keep you energized and you get all these great effects. It really does lift your spirits. It's like a hug, a hug in a bowl, you know, you just feel like, Oh, it's so great. Anyway, that's just yeah. a good way to incorporate those um, great grains. So I'm just going to talk just really quickly. I just don't want you to get like sick. Speaking about getting um, full and being well fed and kept keeping your, uh, your body in a great balance is that you don't want you yourself to get to extreme hunger. So, you know, we always hear that word hangry. So when you get hangry, you, you tend to go through those processed foods more, um, and to get that quick fix, you um, will notice that these foods contain chemicals and preservatives that can upset your brain chemistry. So try eating smaller frequent meals packed with lean protein to maintain your energy and lift your mood. Um, in one episode, the in episode one, we only have one. So one episode, episode <laughs> one, we talked about the importance of meal prepping, which is something you will hear us talking about again and again. And we probably will have one episode solely on how you can meal prep efficiently and effectively. Um, I also want to just say watch your caffeine because it offers a temporary rush, which is 
usually followed with fatigue and irritability and it depletes nutrients from your body. So you will probably notice if you have one coffee, you might feel like in a few hours that you're needing another coffee or something to get that energy back up. So watch that because those flavored coffees that maybe seem so comforting um, and lead to instant gratification will have ne negative, negative effects later. So instead, maybe try an herbal tea filled with some goodness and some natural uplifting um, herbs. Um, yeah. so and yeah, the other thing too, is that some of these, um, coffees and other kind of drinks, they have tons of sugar in them. So not only are people getting the rush from the caffeine, but they're getting the rush from the sugar too. Yeah. And then it's a double whammy. Then you're really struggling. Um, and, and high in calories. Yeah. Well. High in calories. Yeah. <laughs> just, and it doesn't so. serve, it doesn't serve our body really any great purpose. You know, if we were to do everything that you suggest us to do with the nutrition, Sabrina, like there'd be no room for carbohydrates or, or these over-processed foods. Like if we were to just really eat well and nourish ourselves well, then we wouldn't have any space for the overly processed high carbohydrate foods. Yeah. And it's important to note that while these dietary change, uh, these dietary suggestions and change may contribute positive Positively, well, I wish I could talk today, positively to managing sad symptoms, they shouldn't replace professional treatment options um, or therapy that you are already on, just to know they're there to support. Um, what Dabney and I offer are strategies that can help, again, support your health in alternative ways. So just take a note of that. Absolutely. And that's not to forget the power of plants. Their natural and gentle way of supporting us is just incredible. There are a group of powerful herbs that have been proven to aid in the seasonal affective disorder. Um, if you've never heard of the word adaptogens, they are a group of plants that are specific to chronic stress and one of my favorite groups to learn about. It's amazing to me how these plants work in our bodies to relieve tension. They are remarkable natural substances that help the body adapt to stress no matter where it is. They support normal metabolic function. They help restore uh, systemic equilibrium. They increase the body's resistance to physical, biological, emotional, and environmental stressors. So who doesn't have stress? Like somebody's got stress that's in our right. audience. And these are um, herbs that can help mitigate those stressors. They provide a dense response to acute and chronic stress. And they're unique from other substances in their ability to restore the balance of endocrine hormones, modulate the immune system, and allow the body to maintain optimal homeostasis. And many of them are just easy to grow and even easier to use. The use and knowledge of these herbs, uh, known as adaptogens, dates back thousands of years. So this isn't something new. Uh, India and China have been using these herbs for centuries. In the most simplistic terms, adaptogens are relatively non-toxic, they produce non-specific defensive response to stress, and have a normalizing influence on the body. <clears throat> they work to normalize two master control systems in our body, um, the HPA, which is the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, and the SAS. The HPA axis affects and regulates the most of the endocrine function. It's significant aspects to the nervous system and the immune system, the cardiovascular function, digestion, and our physiological response to chronic stress. And as you can tell from all these words that I'm using, stress really 
messes with every part of our body. Um, the SAS mediates um, our response to external stimuli and is responsible for our fight and flight response to acute or chronic stress. Yeah, I mean, that's like so, that's amazing because, um, and I, I think that's why many herbalists will add in um, adaptogens into lifestyles and they know that it's really important because of all these great properties and the amount of stress that we have in today's society. So Dabney, what are some of your favorite adaptogens? Well, one that I started out with uh, years ago was ashwagandha. It's quite easy to grow. It resembles much like the tomato plant. Um, and so many herbs um, can be endangered because of overharvest. Adaptogens um, like uh, ashwagandha use the root so obviously, if you're pulling up the root of a plant, it can no longer live. Whereas you're leaving, using leaf and flower, the plant probably won't be on um, a list of being endangered. But ashwagandha grows so easily and prolific that it's not one that is ever going to be overharvested. So I like it for that reason. And it's gained a lot of popularity in recent years um, in the supplement in, in, as a supplement in most stores. It's easy to grow and it's an important tonic for people who are anxious or emotionally taxed. It's calming, it acts as an antispasmodic, and the root is found to stimulate the thyroid, making it useful for hypothyroid, which is why I was interested in it, having um, Hashimoto's. I noticed in the wintertime, I tend to be just really cold and the thyroid is the generator of temperature for our body and so my body just really struggled to stay warm especially in the winter time and so ashwagandha is a warming uh, herb and so it helps with the thyroid it helps to calm stress but it also helps me to stay warm um, but for some people it can be too warming so it depends on your personal constitution as to whether you run hot or dry or cold or moist um, that's why it's important to, um, to check with an herbalist, um, or somebody who knows about herbs as to what you, what adaptogen might be best for you. Or perhaps talking to your herbalist for like um, the specific dose or how long, how much you should take and also, um, how you should take it, or if there, perhaps you could blend it with something so that you can counter the heat. Yeah, absolutely. Good point, Sabrina. The most profound improvement was noted in feelings of nervousness. Another all-time favorite herbs is holy basil. Ooh, I love holy basil. It's one of my favorites. Um, I really love incorporating it when someone has a lot on their plate or feeling that there's there's stress in their life. It's just one of those like perfect, I don't know. There's it's just my favorite. Favorite, favorite, favorite. And it has a spiciness to it that it really um, it really adds a really new element to a tea. Yeah. It's like, you can feel the ancient history of that herb when you like take it in, like you feel all that energetic power of it, you know, and the history of it. I don't know. It's just, yeah. it's delicious. Well, right. And in India, it's been used for, um, you know, over 3000 years. It's been one of India's most powerful herbs and the daily use of this herbs is believed to help maintain the balance of the chakras of the body and believed to promote goodness and virtue and joy in humans. Um, today, it's more of a mild adaptogen, but it's used for stress-reducing effects. Um, it helps to reduce mental fog, enhance immune function, um, 
and it can actually help uh, regulate blood sugar uh, for type 2 diabetes patients. Um, but the reason I like to use it for the SAD is that it is an antidepressant for, um, for those with like a situational depression. So maybe somebody just had something significant happen in their life that just called them, uh, just um, caused them to feel just really kind of depressed. And so this herb is really great for somebody who's just going through a particular situation for, for a short period of time. So using this herb over the, you know, the course of the four to five months during um, a seasonal affective disorder can be very helpful. Licorice is another adaptogen that's absolutely delicious. And we talked about that some in our, our first episode. Um, but this isn't black licorice or red licorice. Um, this is the plant root and it's sweet and moistening. It's very demulcent with an anti-inflammatory flavonoids. Licorice has been used for thousands of years as a food and medicine in China and in the Middle East. Um, licorice is good for lots of things and probably we'll have another uh, podcast just about licorice because uh, licorice is just one of those that I can just go on and on about. But There's so much on it. There is so much on it, yeah. Um, so it can help uh, reduce symptoms of uh, extreme fatigue, um, depression, weight loss. That being said, the contraindication is that it should be used with caution for um, people who have high blood pressure, but using it in small amounts for a small amount of time, there, there should be no problem. Another class of herbs are nervines um, because they work with the nervous system to promote relaxation and reduce tension. Um, nervines are plants that have relaxing effects on the tension of the body and complement adaptogens work. You can use them separately, but like I said, if they're used with the, adapt with the adaptogens, they work even better. The nervine tonics um, are calming herbs. They're mildly relaxing without overly um, suppressing effects. So it's not like it's a pharmaceutical that's going to make you all laid out and you can no longer function. They just help relieve anxiety, mild sleeplessness, irritability. Some people who have white coat hypertension, cardiovascular or gastrointestinal tract symptoms that are worsened by stress. And one common nervine that almost everyone's heard of is chamomile. Every day, people use chamomile for relaxing benefits and relief from anxiety, upset stomach, irritability, nervous headaches, insomnia, and irritable bowel syndrome. And the tea can be used um, to help um, menopausal mood swings, cramps, um, and for moods. Um, somebody who is agitated one minute and fine the next, and then they're anxious 10 minutes later. And so chamomile can help calm that particular um, outline of a person. Children even could, can use chamomile and it's a great calming tea to, yeah. at the end of the day to get their mind, you know, to rest a little bit and get them off the screen and, you know, just get them ready for, for a good night's sleep. So I totally agree. Chamomile is one of those that's for, for babies even. I mean, if you have a baby that yeah. is just, you know, not sleeping well, you can give them a little bit of the tea before, before bed. Yeah. Yeah. I've not, I have yeah. not met somebody who doesn't like chamomile. Really? Yeah. I have. <laughs> it's funny. No chamomile. They're like, yeah. like well, most of my teeth have chamomile because I think for stress, get calming, like, you know, mm -hmm. Zen, it's always like chamomile is one of the like ingredients that is usually in there. So interesting. Yeah. yeah. So uh, lemon balm is another nervine um, that works well with adaptogens and it's quite effective on its own. It makes a delightful tea that can be drunk simply for pleasure or it has a mood elevating effect. 
um, studies have indicated that the lemon snow, um, and the member is also a member of the mint family, it actually enhances cognitive function, improves mood, and um, can relieve symptoms of mild to moderate Alzheimer's disease, which is really interesting, especially the irritability and, forgetful and forgetfulness. Um, it can be taken for stress headaches, it promotes better sleep, and for the seasonal affective disorder. Um, and if you really are having a tough time with your seasonal affective disorder, using part, equal parts of St. John's wort and lemon balm um, is either a tea or a tincture is what herbalists typically suggest. And we'll talk about St. John's wort more in just a little bit. Great that you mentioned lemon. I should have mentioned um, some of the citrus when I was talking foods because Citrus is a great way to uplift your, you know, your mind and your, your body and to feel energized. Um, so I was even going to suggest that you could just smell an orange or eat an orange or, you know, juice an orange, zest an orange, but also maybe some essential oils. You know, if you get a good quality essential oil of orange and lemon and um, maybe a little peppermint in there, it can awaken your senses and you could feel that little bit of boost and energy. It will remind you like, being in the tropics maybe or something, you know, and it just makes you feel good. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, so I just think that's a, another great, another great one, lemon balm and lemon. Um, and like lemon balm and chamomile together would be really great. And a little St. John's wort. Wow. That's like uh, a definitely a trio that you would get a lot of healing benefits from. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's other herbs that I can talk about that maybe we'll talk about more in the future, but I'll just go hop over to St. John's wort. Um, so St. John's wort has been for years kind of pigeonholed as the depression herb. Um, and while there is evidence to show that it certainly does help, um, it is one of my herbal allies. And I absolutely love the dainty little red, uh, yellow flowers that emerge in the summer. Um, it is indicated for mild to moderate depression, especially those who have kind of a sour disposition. Think of Mr. Scrooge in the Christmas Carol. He goes to work every day, he eats, he goes through the motions, but he has absolutely no joy in life. This herb is for people who are in the dark or living in the shadows of life. And those little yellow flowers open the emotional window and let the sunlight come right in. Doesn't that paint a beautiful picture? Oh, so nice. So nice. Yeah. And so, the smell is amazing. I think like I've, I've heard of like teachers that say like when they actually come across a patch of St. John's wort growing and you're harvesting, you actually feel uplifted from that herb yeah. even before you actually do anything with it. So, and it's really cool. I have it growing along the fence line. Like it just grows wild here in Virginia. Um, but if you cut it, like it, it's red, like the, um, it bleeds, it, right? It's almost like yeah. it bleeds and yeah. that changes the like tincture, like a red color, the red color, right? and even an oil. Like if you gather yeah. the flowers and put them in an oil, like it turns the oil red. It's really quite amazing. It's a beautiful plant. It's great so, for lots of different things, but we're primarily focusing on the depression part of it. Right. The, the contraindication for St. John's wort is because it is such a, um, a great herb for moderate depression. If you are taking um, any kind of psychotropic drug, this could counteract that. Um, so I would just, I tend, if I have clients who are taking a psychotropic drug, then I, I stay away from St. John's wort because it can have an interaction with it. 
Um, but if if that's just if you just have seasonal um, affective disorder and aren't taking anything to mitigate that from a, from a prescription, then using St. John's wort would be just a wonderful herb to incorporate. I love that. Yeah, I, I mean, we've heard so much of St. John's wort, like, you know, and I think it's really great that you touched upon it. Um, do you have any um, examples of how you've used it with a client or any positives or, you know, feedback from a client using St. John's yeah, wort? I've used it. I've used it quite a bit for a couple of clients. And I've got one client that I'm working with who uh, lost, um, lost a child. I mean, he's, he was, he's an adult, but, you know, no matter what age uh, you when you lose a child you lose a child it doesn't matter how old they are um but yeah so i i have given saint john's wort to this particular mother who was dealing with that and it has she has found relief and an uplifting way of that um of using that herb so um there's been other clients that i've used saint john's wort with as well that they have found them to their heart just feels lighter or their steps just feel a little bit lighter or that they're sleeping finally and not waking up with um the random thoughts going through their head great so it has been very helpful yeah. that's great i love it well i hope that you we do another segment on saint john's wort alone because there's so much to fold there as well there, all these herbs are once you get into addict, like once you get into the herb world, you start to realize and you just want to know more and more and more. And so um, that's what Daphne and I hope to hear is share our insights and on all the different herbs. And there's so much that we have here. And this is only a little touch upon um, seasonal affective disorder. There's so much to unfold and unpackage. Um, we're thinking that perhaps it might be a more of a conversation in January. Um, where we are, it gets a little, again, gloomy and dark, but um, it's always good to have these um, little tidbits of information, maybe share some recipes and more in-depth ways that you can um, get through those shifts of sunlight and uh, shifts in our routine, because lack of sleep can really take a toll on its body. And that's where a lot of this affective disorder comes into play is because we're, we're shifting, we're changing our routines. Um, you know, myself, personally, I do suffer a lot from this disorder. I feel like I would like to have these, but would like to hibernate, but now incorporating all the right things into my diet, I am less likely to stay in and say, oh no, I would rather just stay here and go out. Um, and I'll, I will actually get out and do things and get dressed and go out. I have like a blue light. I, I have my, this like really nice light that absorbs all the energy. I have like pet teas that uplift me. And so just supporting myself in great ways. Um, has really helped. Yeah. And I certainly think, you know, getting out and moving, like you say, like exercise is really important for mental health for some more than others. But if that, you know, if, if you're not moving and you're, and you know that you're one of those people that you feel better once you exercise, by all means, you know, join a gym, even if it's for a short period of time, if it's too cold to go outside and do walking or, you know, just practicing yoga in your, in your living room or, you know, in, or in your bedroom, just something that, that gets you moving, get the blood moving is really great. You know, Dabney and I right now, if you could see us are doing our, our, our podcast interview on a screen together, just so we can see each other. So it's more of a conversation because we like to see each other. Um, after this, I will be getting outside and getting on a walk. It's sunny today here. So that'll be, be nice. So I'll just dress warm. I mean, it's not warm here. It's like minus five, but that's okay. I don't know. In, in Fahrenheit, I apologize. But it's cold. 
Um, and I will bundle up and come back with rosy cheeks, but I will feel refreshed and invigorated and, you know, take up, I, sometimes it's just taking up new things, skating, skiing, whatever it is outside. And like Dabney says, just even joining a gym, exercising your brain as well helps doing puzzles, games, starting a new hobby, knitting, book clubs, keep you social and keep you, um, like accountable, right? Find something that will keep you accountable, accountable because it's really mind over matter. And, um, you'll feel, honestly, you will feel much better. Sometimes it's just like, I could sit on this couch all day, but getting up, move, you will feel a lot better. So, and then you can watch your show if you like. I agree, Sabrina. I know when I do some exercises in the morning, like I always make better choices for the rest of the day. Um, and incorporating proper proper nourishment, especially those soups this time of year. I love making soups. I make a couple batches of soup um, a week um, because it's just a great way to get those nourishing vegetables in and those whole grains, like you said. Um, so that's all for today's episode, Nourish and Flourish. We hope you found this discussion on nutrition and herbal um, benefits for seasonal affective disorder helpful. Um, if you do like this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss out on any important information. We will be bringing you more in-depth information about sleep, how to sleep better in future, and we'll dive into some of these herbs a little bit more in-depth in future podcasts. Thank you. Right. We have so much to unfold, and that's why we want this podcast. Um, it is just a starting. Thank you for your patience. Um, we're navigating everything as we go along the sound, what we're going to say, what we're going to talk about. And, um, we just will continue to grow. Like we said before, we're dental hygienists. Um, firstly, um, we did it for a long time. So we're used to having a captive audience because, um, our clients or patients could not speak back to us for many, many, much time. So we were able to talk and talk and talk. So we're used to talking. So sometimes these get a little long, so we're trying to keep them short. Um, but until next time, we hope you got a healthy dose of happiness. And if you have any questions, please email or visit our websites, which will be listed in the show notes below. Yeah. And please leave your comments. Let us know um, what you're, what you're learning um, and how we're doing. We really would love to have your feedback. So until next time. Bye. bye, for now. bye. <laughs> Remember to consult a healthcare professional before making any significant changes in your diet or starting new herbal remedies.